You know, it should be a big category, but unfortunately for radio and TV stations, it's illegal. But for how long? We'll take a look at that. Spotify wants to get to be a $100 billion a year company, and it looks like they're going to do it on the back of musicians. How's that for a change of, of rules? And we're going to speculate just for a couple of minutes on Cumulus. Everybody else has been speculating on them, and Jeff Warshaw had an offer a couple of weeks ago that went absolutely nowhere. So we're just going to kind of kick Cumulus around for <laughs> Oh, great. That'll be fun. <laughs> another couple of minutes. So good morning and welcome to Media Insultant. We are back for our Friday episode. Uh, I'm Jackson Weaver in the Pacific Northwest, and Keith Samuels is in the second largest market in the country, Los Angeles. That's right. We're number two, baby. Number two, baby. That's right. And uh, actually, I think you're number one in radio, but number two in population. So anyway, uh, I don't know. We digress on this. Where are you you going? I have no idea. That's part of the fun of doing a podcast. Nobody cares where you're going. We do this each Tuesday and Friday. So we'd like to welcome you to Friday's episode of Media Insultant for July 15th. Well, at a particularly young age, we lost a great programmer here this last week on the radio side, Keith. I didn't know him, but I knew of his reputation. Steve Smith was an extraordinary programmer. He worked with Emmis. He worked with iHeart. He worked with Cox Media for many, many years. And he died unexpectedly at the age of 62, which I know for a lot of the youngsters watching this show, they're going to say, that's old. But that's not old. (laughs) 62 is a no, pretty young, young time to, to depart. So yeah. the best part, however, is in addition to his programming chops, he had a reputation of being an extraordinarily nice guy, a good listener, a great motivator. And, uh, you know, those are the people that create great radio station cultures. Well, any business, mm-hmm. really. Uh, those are, yeah. That's a skill set for, for any business. The outpouring on social media uh, among most all my friends at Cox has just been overwhelming. I mean, it's just... Uh, very sudden and sad news, and and he's a he's a beloved programming guy and and good friend to so many people I know. But I've never met him either. But prayers up for uh, for Steve and his family. Steve and his family. Well, there are some states, Washington's among them, where marijuana is a legal drug. You can buy yeah. it. You can go to the store and pick up whatever you want. You can buy CBD oil. I mean, you know, there are all kinds of packages. I understand. Um, and, of course, the problem we have at radio stations is it's still, or TV, it's still a federally prohibited drug. So radio stations have struggled with how do we accept advertising. There's a lot of advertising. You see billboards, you see you know, newspaper ads, because those businesses, digital too, those businesses are yep. not overseen by the FCC. And a lot of people right. feel that your license would be in jeopardy were you to accept advertising for the evil weed. Now, the truth is, I haven't seen anybody get in any trouble for running an ad for marijuana. And we'll talk about it in just a minute about kind of what to do and what not to do if you're if you're going to take that step. But I think the thing that's, that's interesting, it's like one operator told me, he said, look, either way, I'm out of business. The FCC come and, comes and gets my license or I can't sell enough advertising. And this is a big lucrative uh, pot, pardon the pun, 
a big lucrative pot over here of revenue that I should be able to participate in. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and now there's talk that they're going to try and loosen things up. I don't know if it's going to go anywhere, but there's Congress is talking about loosening things up and letting the FCC essentially not enforce anything about advertising with uh, marijuana on these stations. Thoughts? Until you brought it up, I didn't know there was a ban, but you're right. I don't hear anything. Although I did hear an ad for a, for a cannabis wellness store down in San Diego. I was listening to a San Diego sports station uh, last week and uh, I'm going, oh, wow, that's a cannabis spot. So the mighty 1090 in San Diego is uh, is looking the other way and taking the money. But don't forget the mighty 1090 is licensed oh, that's to right. Mexico. It's licensed to Mexico so they can take it. You're right. You're right. It's X-E-P-R, X-E-R-P-S or whatever it is. It's not a, a U.S. station. So this is like those stations back in the 20s and 30s uh, south of uh, the Texas border that had like 500,000 watts and were, and were promoting all the snake oil and the, the uh, goat testicles therapies and all this other stuff that they could never get away with in the U.S., but they could boom it in from Mexico. I'm, yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm, sure, wow. I'm sure that some of those stations are uh, running spots for you know ayahuasca clinics and, and all of that. Yeah, gosh, you're right, Jackson. But, so no, but, no wonder. But uh, you know, to me, it's like if it's legal in the state, uh, and most of these states, that legality came from a, 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 a from the ballot box that the people voted it in. It wasn't something yeah. that a le- legislature did. That's right. Can I sell it on my stream? Sure. Sure, because it's not okay. licensed, and and right. and of course okay. the problem is if you're, you know, let let's say you're in, uh, I'm going to say Spokane, your signal goes into Idaho. Well, it's legal in Washington, but not in Idaho, so that's where the FCC kind of has some tangle with it. But I've talked to some broadcasters, and uh, I've got a couple of tips for people, and I think okay. stations should accept it. I think that the first thing that you noticed was use of language. You know, you have to be really careful that don't swing by Buzzy's Pot Shop for a little Maui Waui buzz. You know, you talk about it medicinally in terms of just exactly what you were saying, you know, uh, relaxing and that kind of thing. But but nothing nothing that promises cures or a particular high. For example, uh, you know, the 421 break sponsored by so-and-so. That gets to be, you know, that's a real easy thing to do in terms of, of language. You know, you don't openly okay. solicit the, you know, the use of the drug. And interestingly... Oh, so it's like, it's like, a, it's like being an NPR station. Well, <laughs> yes, yeah. kind of. We're not trying to sell you anything. We're just talking about name awareness. Name awareness, that's okay. right. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's, and it, it's interesting because it's still hard for a lot of them to get banking. I think that uh, the credit unions have stepped in and uh, state uh, organized credit unions have stepped in and helped them be able to take care of their cash. Because the other problem is they have all this cash. You can only buy it with cash, and the cash has to go to a bank, but the federally licensed banks will not take the cash. Mm. So Mm. if you're going to accept the advertising, you probably want to be ready to accept the advertising and a big hunk of cash. Have a have a little yeah. safe, well, safe in the in the station van, you know, yeah, for, yeah, yeah. for the marijuana cash. But but here in California, the uh, the the legal cannabis shops, Mad Mad Med, Med Men and others, they're all upset because um, their business isn't growing as fast as they 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 thought it would. Right. Because right. they're still competing with your local drug dealer who doesn't have to do all the hoops to pay taxes and get licensed and you know get regulated. So they're pissed off that the state hasn't put out put out a business 
you know, the guys uh, that are growing pot up in uh, Mendocino County, selling it direct. It's a, it's a difficult shift in the business model. And the states love it because, oh, we're going to get all this tax revenue. Don't worry. We're going to get all this tax revenue. Well, they're not getting as much tax revenue as they thought. Surprise, surprise. And the, and the guys that are selling it legally aren't doing as well. Well, they have, so, a, they, yeah, it's, they have a fundamental accounting issue. Your yeah. business and my business, we can write things off. You know, I've got rent. I've got payroll for employees. Because this is prohibited, you can't file taxes and write any of those expenses off. So in other words, oh. these, these businesses have to operate on the basis that they have all expenses are absorbed by the gross they take in, and they still have to make a, a profit on top of that. So it gets to be really tough, you know, because they can't write things off. That makes them uncompetitive with the guys on the street. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So, you know. so, so if, if, I'm, if, I'm a, if I'm a rep and they legalize advertising for it, do, can I only take, when I go out, can that guy write me a check or do I have to get literally cash in advance? Am I getting like 800 bucks in a big white envelope? And taking it back to the business manager at the station who looks at me and goes, what am I going to do with this? <laughs> well, it's a good, it's a good question. And we'll see. It, it's going to loosen up, but it's, it's an interesting change. I just uh, encourage stations carefully to examine it as an opportunity. A lot of states have advertising guidelines, too. And uh, those guidelines can be really helpful in putting together radio content. And one final thought be sensitive to the age of your audience. You know, I don't think a CHR station, it makes as much sense as an older classic hits or classic rock or news talk station where your audience is older, more mature, understand what's going on. And you can, you know, you, and then you have a little issue with trying to compromise the values of those poor little youngsters listening to your CHR station while they're going through porn on TikTok. So <laughs> that's, okay. that's, that's yep. my thought. All right, moving on from that one, Spotify <laughs> is getting uh, set to charge artists. Uh, this is really interesting. They want to be a $100 billion company in 10 years. They're about an $11.4 billion company now. So that's almost a 10-time multiple, right? And they, f they feel that the only way they can do it, really, is to charge artists for premier location on playlists, for extra promotion, for events, for all kinds of things. Yeah, I was... that That's payola. It, well, it is payola. And in radio, you'd get That's arrested. pay to play, baby. Yeah, pay yeah, to play. Yeah. But I think Spotify can get away with it, again, because they are not adjudicated by any government organization, per se. And, and in Spotify's case, right. they're Swedish. So they really can give the finger to somebody like the FCC. So... And it's interesting because you brought it up in prep. They've never made any money. You'd think with that much revenue and, I don't know, they have like uh, 180 million subscribers, you'd think they'd be making money. And they're not. No, no, their music rights fees are just astronomical. So right. they want some of that back from the artists. <laughs> That's great, yeah. The thing that also is, is part of it is is that this really puts the small independent labels, the small artists, the new guys at a tremendous disadvantage because they can't afford this. But the big three record labels can write checks Maybe. all day long. And talk about yeah. Circular, they play it on Spotify. Spotify pays them through streaming rights, pays them streaming rights fees, yeah. Yeah. and then turns around and puts the money back in to Spotify from from promoting specific artists. It's Ooh, yeah. Okay. So that's 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 interesting. You know, but it's but what's also interesting is that it's just showing you how desperate how how 
flaw. I don't know how to say flawed, but you know that this this streaming business model never worked for Pandora, and they sold to Sirius, and Sirius is trying to sell the sell spots on Pandora like crazy, and you know, and so you know, and that was a big turnoff to me was that you know you you uh, the spot loads on Pandora got to be annoying, and um, uh, so they said, well, pay, go ahead and pay, pay that you know subscribe, and you can get the ad free. And you're going, yeah, but is it really that much? Is it worth it that much to me? Do I, is it really worth that? I don't know. So Apple Music, I pay, but that's I'm not going to pay for two or three more streaming services to get the same freaking songs. And I get Amazon Prime. So I get Amazon Music for free, included in my Amazon Prime. So I get my Garth Brooks fix that way. <laughs> but, you know, so it's just, you know, again, there's just it's like we're going to see in video. It's going to be a big, giant shakeout. And you're always seeing it in Netflix. And that's why Spotify is going into spoken word podcasts and spoken word podcasts because they don't have to pay any rights fees. That's right. And they can sell ads like crazy. That's right. And, so, and there's some evergreen to some of it, some evergreen quality to some of it, that a good mystery podcast is good for years. It's not, yeah. it's not current. So, but it, and it's not, an easy, it's not an easy sell either at Spotify selling ads because you know, they, turned, they churned their entire sales leadership over a couple of years ago change their whole sales leadership so you know clearly the guys that were there weren't getting it done and now are the new guys getting it done we'll have to wait and see they're running some beta on it right now so we'll see how successful that is but i think it's inevitable if they're going to get to that level that uh, that they want to be and for a local radio guy you know it really doesn't make a lot of difference except that uh, you know there's very little chance that you know you're going to have a spotify guy calling on anybody in in your market but the other thing that would be interesting and worth keeping an eye on is, is it going to make radio more attractive for these artists because they're not paying? You know, they don't. Yes, but, but radio doesn't pay as much in rights fees either. So, that, you know. Well, we don't pay anything for, for playing. We only right, play, right. Play, pay for the publishing rights. So yeah, exactly. Worth keeping an eye on. Okay, while we're speculating and uh, kicking <laughs> things around, let's, let's spend a couple of minutes kicking around Cumulus, now that the dust has settled from Jeff Warshaw's offer a couple of weeks ago where he tried to buy the company for 12 or 15 dollars $15, $17 a share, and it's trading at 7 right now. My first question is this, I thought was the, the salvation for the company, was Uber Eats. Ads on Uber Eats. What happened to that? Oh, yeah. Well, their little partnership with Ad Omni in, uh, in, in, uh, in Las Vegas to sell where Cumulus was going to sell not Uber car tops, but Uber Eats car tops. Now, some of those are the same. I'm sure they're still trying. That deal was announced a year ago. It was only in six markets. It's still only in six markets. Uh, they haven't expanded beyond that group. And uh, I actually see an Uber Eats car going up our hill uh, a couple times a week. But it's coming at me and going past me. And I'm looking straight ahead to see where I'm driving on my narrow curvy uh, hillside streets up here and i never get a chance to see it so i'm sure everybody down on sunset is seeing those ads every eight seconds on that one car that drives down sunset and does the uber eats it's complete complete joke you know i don't even think you know uber uh, uber's got its own challenges and problems financially so yeah this is this is um and and in california you know we you know we're trying to we're trying to make sure that the um we're having an initiative that the rideshare cars have to convert to electric they have to be all electric by by 2030 and a lift just announced their endorsement of that and their funding of the campaign for that initiative 
And everybody's going, why? Why would you do that? Because you're forcing all your people to get elect EVs. And it's because they get a subsidy. So, right. you know, Lyft will get it. Lyft will get cut in on the subsidies for it. It's just it's just a, a strange. But, hey, the future for Cumulus is Uber Eats, car tops, baby, in six markets. Well, and the other right. the other question that you and I have asked is there's some confusion in the market that the tower deal they did with, was it American Towers or I can't remember who they did the tower deal where they sold all their towers. And, right. And they, in selling them, uh, there's a s- story that there's hidden debt in this. But, you know, when you sell the tower, you have to lease it back. So that, right. that makes sense. But that's not hidden debt. That's just an increase in your operating expense and your overall liability because it's a lease that goes out 10, 15 years, however long the, the leases are. I don't understand that. Do you? you have any clearer idea on why that is hidden debt? Uh, I, I don't understand that. But it is not financially a, a great deal for Cumulus. And so the, the, all the people that are experts on it are going, why the hell did they do it in the first place if they're not going to make any money on it in the long run? But it was to get some quick cash, to raise some quick amount of money, and then do the accounting tricks that, that keep the, uh, the actual expense of what it is to rent and, and maintain those, those, uh, those transmitters. So, uh, yeah, to me, it, it, it's a head scratcher because most people that sold their towers to people like American Tower you know, it was it was a good deal for them, but this one turned out to be the only tower sale that was a bad deal. Yeah, I don't know the specifics on the deal. I do know that they got a lot of cash out of it, and right now they need a lot of cash. And there is something to be said for the fact that, like real estate, if you're not in the business, don't own it, and you know, lease it, lease yeah, the yeah. building, lease yeah. the towers. You know, they yeah. you know they practically lease employees now. You know, nobody really works for them anymore. Everybody's everybody's remote. And Jeff Warshaw took a second swing a couple of weeks ago, and then radio silent. Is yeah, he? Yeah, well, is, they, they, is he they, just they turned storing it down. his powder? What do you think? I don't know. The Wizard of Westport is just messing around with cumulus, and 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 no one really knows why, because it's kind of like as you mentioned in our headline last week. It was that kind of like you know, you know, it's like I know what you're feeling, but what are you thinking? <laughs> you know, why, why is this? This doesn't make any sense. Why would you want this? Well, I think. Jeff is probably not alone in thinking that the group could be run more efficiently. Everybody thinks that about radio, that we could do this really more efficiently. And more efficiently means that there's no local, there's no local staff, there's no local talent, there's no local ad sellers. It's either sold programmatically or nationally or regionally, and then it's programmed nationally. You know, and you know, and so everybody, ha- it's like newspapers. We, how can we do this business? How can we run this business without our biggest expense? And what's our biggest expense? People. 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 And so how can we do it without people? And if we could figure that, and Sirius figured that out, right? But, you know, hey, they're not killing it from an ad standpoint or ad revenue standpoint. And with new car sales off, you know, there goes new car subscriptions to Sirius. So that's the cyclical kind of thing. You know, the problem, the fact of the matter is, is that they have a lot of senior executives at Cumulus making a lot of money. Mary Berner, the Turner, is making a ton of dough. Her CFO is making a ton of dough. Senior managers making a ton of dough. Everybody else is like, you know, on a shoestring and they're okay with that because everybody's replaceable, right? Yeah. So, but nobody's, no one's, no one's providing some great strategic thinking about how to make this work and how to figure out how to find some happy medium where we can maintain local relationships, maintain local ad sales, drive national a bit, compete with digital 
and run run our stations efficiently and affordably. Jeff's also facing a, a, the recession that's not going to bode well for any anybody in any business for the most part. Right. So that, that's a problem. He wants to get under the hood of Cumulus. I'd love to get under his hood and see what he's thinking. He's got to be have <laughs> this has got to be more than just a fishing expedition. You know, if it if it's a fishing expedition, I'm kind of disappointed because because it's really it's kind of tacky is what it is. It's you know just tacky. I don't think we've heard the end of Jeff Warshaw. I think he'll be back. I think he'll be Well, back. you know, and they, everybody's saying it's tacky because he operates, what, 20 stations in five markets, or, you know, he's yeah. a small group operator. Well, we know a lot of small group operators who know how to run radio stations and run small groups. And why not? Well, you can apply that to a big group. But I also think that Jeff would sell off pieces. He'd sell what's left of Westwood One. He'd get rid of that. He'd probably sell off, you know, some of the major market stuff that is inadequate right now, like they have one station in LA. Get rid of that. You'd see a whole new cumulus slash, you know, uh, whatever he calls it, connoisseur. You know, so you'd have a different company for sure, but he's just not saying it specifically. That's the frustrating thing. He's not saying what he'd do and what his plans are. He's just just well, throws out a yeah. throws out a uh, he throws out a bid, and uh, you know, and no, no one thinks he's real. Well, but he's got so. to keep something under the kimono. So you know, he's ooh, he's got to got to keep some of that quiet and on on the lowdown. All right, well. We'll continue to kick okay. around Cumulus and Odyssey and other people in the business and, and also praise the people who do a good job. So we got our homework set out for us, but that's it for this episode of Media Insultant Keith. Uh, thank you. We drop each Tuesday and Friday on all of the podcasting platforms and on Vimeo under the Media Insultant Showcase. You can catch our videos, although why you'd want to watch us, I have no idea. But <laughs> oh, it's much better. It's much better in video than in audio. But hey, you know what? What can we say? Media Insultant is a production of InTown Media, an interim contract management company, and we love your comments anytime. Jackson at InTownMedia.com. Keith, until next week, have a great weekend, buddy. You too. It's British Open weekend, Jackson. So I'll be glued to the TV. Talk to you soon. <laughs>